Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Happy day. Welcome to Lead Time, Pastor Tim Allman. I don't use pastor on here much. Tim Allman, Jake Bessling here, and we are... Husbands, fathers, leaders who are choosing today to grow and learn, and we believe eternities are changed when you as a leader choose to grow. Today we're talking about internship or Vicarage, that year of, man, joy and learning. You're accelerating that learning. We all should live a life with a posture of being an intern. Or every single day. And we're going to get deep into that with our brother, our newest, newly minted vicar, student pastor here, uh, Thomas Gustafson. You are the bomb.com, bro, for real. And uh, we're going to have a fun time learning with you this year. But before we do that, Jake... Do you do, do you I remember, remember being oh. a vicar? I mean, I that, was a four year vicar. A four year vicar. Four years. It took me a lot of time. Me? That's a oh, long I time. I remember. I interned actually in two thousand five right here at Chris Greenfield as a uh, director of Christian education. Uh-huh. So what do I remember? Yeah, biggest, biggest challenges, challenges, learnings, all that. Man, it's just it's kind of figuring it out. Like, what am I supposed to do? You know, <laughs> uh, if there's not. Yeah, finally, there's the job description, but how do I do this? What does daily life look like? Um, I'm not getting as much emails as the pastors or the other leaders. And so how do I create opportunities to get to know people, especially um, now for quarantine, you know? But back then, yeah, it's like, how do you how do you live into this giftedness that you've been called to? And uh, a lot of challenges with, with that. So. Maybe... Maybe even receiving words of instruction and rebuke, such as don't pound the table when we're talking with oh, these new wow. mics. Sorry about that, wow. bro. No, wow. it's all good. <laughs> yeah. I love you. It's I true, though. It. It's true, though. Internships a great yeah. time to learn that feedback is needed, mm. and it sharpens you, and it makes you better. Um, and so that's why my hands are now in the <laughs> I remember the joy of being a vicar and saying, I'm going to learn some things this year, but then, in essence, I can kind of wash my hand, I'm going to move on. And on the one hand, you're like, okay, that's cool. It's an adventure for a year. But on the other, like Jesus hung out for three years and he changed the world. He bounced up into heaven and released the disciples. So I was blessed actually to start a contemporary worship service in my vicarage congregation in in Winter Haven, Grace. Shout out to Grace Lutheran Church in Winter Haven, Florida. And uh, it was a great joy for me to see that that ministry, that team, and that worship service grew and accelerated even after I left. Yeah, that, that probed my brain a little bit. I mean, uh, my I was a four-year intern vicar, but it was a chance to start La Mesa here locally. And so the challenge to you, if you're ever interning or going through that, is um, work with your supervisor to say, right. hey, I'd like to really start. impact this community in 12 months, six months, two years to start something new to reach new people. And you have that mindset then of sustainability and longevity as you empower others. So Thomas, we love having you on this team. You are um, a bowl full of joy and uh, love and peace. And uh, it's been an honor to just hear your story and hear how, you know, God called you into ministry. It wasn't like, I'm going to go do this. But at the right time, him saying, yep, here's, I'm just going to place the right people at the right time and the right um, colleges for you to go and, and hear this calling on your life. And so, um, yeah, before we get into your experience here so far at Crash Greenfield, please share your story of wanting to become a pastor. 
Yeah, so it kind of started um, 2013. I was uh, coming off of two years of college um, where I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I was um, studying exercise science kind of uh, background, athletic training, and none of that was really sticking with me. So uh, the parents were like, this is this is your option. You got to go back to school, which I didn't want to do, or, or get a job. Mm-hmm. So I started working. I worked at Camp Lutherwood in Oregon, mm-hmm. a place that I grew up going to as a kid. My older siblings worked there even. Uh, I was a summer camp counselor. And during that summer, introduced to a lot of cool people, a lot of young Christians my age, uh, met people that poured into my life mm-hmm. that were leaders. Um, and so at that time, I started to feel this pull into ministry, this kind of sense into what I thought would be youth ministry, a youth worker, DCE type of uh, role, or in camp ministry, staying in camp ministry for a career. If you pause right there, I, I, that was kind of like a mini internship. All right. You know, it's a small amount of time where the leader's entrusted and then God worked and stirred your heart. We should send more say, of our young I'd leaders like to, to camp. That. I agree. Leave Absolutely, camp. yeah. That's, yeah. I grew in confidence there. I grew in, in competence. I grew in... And excitement and joy for for doing the Lord's work. And in work. calling, yeah, yeah. So I kind of fast forward to the next summer. Uh, I came back to camp to work again. I had a little bit more responsibility as a as a returning counselor. I um, started to just have more conversations, meet more people, more leaders, more pastors specifically that continued to kind of speak into this sort of pull that I was feeling. And uh, over time, that kind of shaped what I thought my ministry calling might be from youth ministry specifically into pastoral ministry. Mm. And so that kind of started the, the work towards getting back into school uh, in order to go to seminary, basically. So uh, that's kind of the was journey. There, yeah. Was there kind of, people ask me this question kind of all the time. Was there one moment that you can kind of remember where God said, this is, I thought I was going this way and now I'm, I'm all in on this path toward becoming a pastor. I'm not, I'm not sure if there was one moment. Um, I think I shared this the other night when we were hanging out that, yeah. that I've never really wanted to be a pastor in, <laughs> in one sense. I've never wanted to be a pastor, but I've felt freedom in that God has, I've really felt called me into it. And so it's not so much a choice, but, uh, and for me, that's freeing that I don't have to choose out of all these uh, amazing careers that could be uh, out there for me that, that God has picked for me and he uh, desires that that my gifts be used in this way in pastoral ministry. Um, I think it was kind of it was a slow thing. I kind of had to kind of let go of a lot of maybe unhealthy wants and desires to to do maybe other careers that I. Just what was one were, of those things yeah, you thought yeah. you might have been set up for? And gifted yeah, I mean, do? I think uh, something in sports for sure. That was my my passion all along. Um, growing up, that was a huge part of our family dynamic. Was baseball, football, basketball. Um, and so I, I think that would have been athletic training or, um, even as I, as I started to get into, uh, looking at something other than being a pastor, I guess maybe that's, maybe that's where I should go with this. Yeah. There was a time where I, I didn't want to do it. Right. I didn't, uh, people were speaking into that experience and I, and I wasn't sure I was the right person for it. Uh, I doubted what they said was true. Uh, I doubted that that's what God wanted me to do. So I was looking at, at other options. So could I go to get into architecture, uh, just work as a kind of a laborer in, in construction, things like that. And and so I kind of res- <laughs> uh, resisted, actually. Um, That's cool. And just kind of as people poured into my life, it shaped me. It's so good, Thomas. Have Jake, have you ever thought about what else you'd do? Like I tell Alexa all the time, like if 
I weren't a pastor, I would have pursued being a sports broadcaster, maybe. Right. Play-by-play announcer. That was one thing I've thought about. Yeah, sure. I came out of worship the other day. I, I like singing from time, you know, from time to time. And this girl, a young, uh, it's actually Matthew's wife, our new worship director's wife, Missy. Um, she said, you should go to Broadway. And she was like pressing into me. What happens if God calls you to Jesus Broadway? Jesus might want you to do No, yeah, sure. I, I'm so called to be a pastor. I think I'll just stick with this. I'm not good enough to do that anyhow. But, you know, I mean, there's these other, the reason I bring that out, there are these other dreams or even callings, all of which are valid and beautiful. All vocations are equal. We talk about that here a lot. And there's leadership, kingdom influence to be exerted at all different places. But for some... This, because I, I, I resonate with you. There's not a really a choice. This is a calling from God to right. give my life away, so Absolutely. people know who He is through Word and Sacrament. Yeah, and I think there's a difference between you know your childhood and what you were dreaming and aspiring to be. You know, baseball player. Come on, on the Mariners with King Griffey Jr. But it didn't happen. And <laughs> uh, but now I'm not defined though by being a pastor. Good call, bro. I'm defined as a child of God, and that. so I, I do think at some point, you know. Uh, being a pastor, but being with like world vision staff, you know, and traveling the world when my kids are done with, um, under my, under my hood, my roof to, to pastor people in a different way. But if I had to go into the, the, the world and, and I think it'd be at UPS and I love to UPS. Yeah. I love to drive. (laughs) I love to work hard. And I remember UPS drivers coming to my dad's work and they were some really kind, awful people. Oh, really? That, that, and there were a lot of kind people, and a lot of them were kind. And I want to be the kind ones, right? Where you're not just like, here's your package and whatever, but you're connecting with people. We got a UPS driver in our school, don't we? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're very, kind. They're very I, kind. I worked at UPS yeah, for a semester guy, 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 so uh, in college. You, know, actually, you work for tra- UPS? Yeah, unloading trailers. You've done yeah. my dream job. Yeah, I'd work for, for about five hours in the evening to, to help pay for school. Uh, and you weren't a jerk. You were great. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't. But to connect with people. So I love those this values of connecting and, and smiling. And and uh, you never know where the conversation could go as you're working hard like that. So Jesus was an intern. He was a three-year intern. You had four years vicarage. Jesus was a three-year intern that poured his life into, you know, you're not Jesus. Yeah, he poured his life into the 12 who then multiplied the message to, to millions and billions. So, and, so to summarize, yeah. why do you think we should always have that internship posture? I mean, you're a learner and you have a shelf life, you know? There's there's a season that you're going to be able to do this and then you're going to be gone. The mission is is the mandate. The mission is primary, you know, yeah. for us. And so Jesus had, he modeled, he's just an amazing leader. He modeled releasing people, trusting in Man, the Holy Spirit, is, working in their lives. He big. was an intern. That's, that's big even as leadership with parents, you know? Uh, I remember yeah. Ken Ebel, one of my mentors, said, I'm training these kids to leave, you know, and we try to hold on. But no, it's like you're on an internship. The kids are on internship experience with you for 18 years, and then they're released to go and to do uh, life, to love God, love others uh, above and beyond um, that. So you have been in our community for how many days, 10 days, 12 days, something like that? About two weeks. About two weeks. Well, um, before we go into what you're looking forward to this year, what are words or phrases and images to capture the Christ Greenfield community to say, this is really what I'm feeling about this community right here. Yeah. yeah entering in, what do you feel about our community? I'm feeling kind of, I, I mentioned this the other day also, a buzz, an excitement and energy on the campus, especially as we look forward to having more people on campus yes. uh, in time. 
to continue to generate that that energy and that buzz. Um, I can feel that already in conversations with people I've met and the little bit of work I've been able to to participate in already. Uh, that's probably that's the number one. I love thing. it. I love it. A Jesus uh, buzz. Yeah, and, and just the love. The, the love of God. I'm sure it's hard to to welcome a vicar in a time like this. It's mm. it's a weird time, right? We don't need to unpack that the whole COVID situation, yeah. but it's a weird time. Yeah, it is. And so to welcome me uh, as well as as I've been welcomed, I appreciate that. The love that I feel here is that's is awesome. Great. So you're going to learn a lot this year. What are you most uh, excited about learning this year? Mm-hmm. Most excited about? Uh, I'm not sure what I'm most excited about, but I, I'm most ready to learn okay. uh, about kind of being assertive, growing in confidence uh, as a leader, as a pastor. Um, something that uh, I've tried to seek clarity about the last couple of years, about where I need to grow, where can uh, my gifts be used best at. And so kind of growing in, in assertiveness and confidence. You know, Pastors are, to use the biblical metaphor, are shepherds, and, and shepherds are gentle and kind, but they also protect their flock right. from from the wolves and those that are seeking to destroy and to devour. And so you have to be firm uh, and gentle. You have to be loving, but uh, show strong discipline. Um, and so kind of working on on how to do that is, beautiful. is what I'm hoping to learn. Beautiful articulation of the sweet spot of leadership on a mm-hmm. continuum. I'll say being a jerk to being a, a wimp. Mm-hmm. We want to be right there in the middle. And Absolutely. that's kind and courageous, right? And that's what you're going to learn this year. What makes you uncomfortable about what you're getting ready yeah. to experience this yeah. year? Well, uh, the the amount, the videography, the technology, the the first article gifts, the things that God has blessed us to be able to use in this world are new things to me. Uh, I, I've come from smaller congregations, typically, where it's there's no mics, there's no uh, sort of anything between your voice and and the people. The people. Right. Um, I think they're great tools, though, and so I'm excited to learn how to use them in ministry, how to capitalize on kind of the online church, mm-hmm. something we've talked about uh, on this campus. How do we uh, meet people that in that space? Yeah. Uh, so that'll be a, kind what of about, a learning What curve. about like data and, and systems for leadership development, creating not just programs, but ways to replicate yourself? Are, are you excited to learn that? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are, um are you yeah. uncomfortable? So as we talk about, most time people think preachers, you know, a pastor is a preacher, and that's sure. one of our hats that we wear, right? Even when you so, hear shepherd, you might think teacher, yeah, counselor, yeah, yeah. preacher. But we use our words to shape mm-hmm. culture and appoint people ultimately to Jesus, right? So as it relates to the preaching task, is there anything about that that makes you kind of uncomfortable? or Not, not uncomfortable, Good. but I know that I have room to grow. Um, I, I'm a lifelong learner, Good. Uh, kind of change, adapt, evolve into the the strengths that God has already given me. Yeah. And I think there's ways that I can communicate more clearly. Uh, skills we, we did on uh, Tim and Jake Live the other week, um, kind of using images and, and metaphors to kind of keep thoughts captured in our minds so we can speak clearly yeah. from. Uh, learning tricks like that, ways mm-hmm. to better communicate Definitely, uh, the message of the gospel in particular is, is something I'm looking forward to learning. And you don't have to look hard to see the master teacher, right, at work. No. I mean, Jesus uses metaphors and visual images all the time, things that are all around. He connects right. the work right. of the Father to tangible things. So, yeah, you're going to grow on that. You're already doing a wonderful job, bro. I mean, the humility, the the comfortable confidence even in front of people in our worship and prayer service. Jake and I noted that the other day really, really strong. And as I've told a number of of our vicars, as you continue to grow, let what is inside of you come out. 
Amen. in a variety of different ways yeah. through the face, the smile, the the pace and face and pace. That's what I like face to tell a lot of, you know, let's just focus on face and pace, right? Yeah. Front. Just be you. Just be, be you. you. And we need you. A and part grow of this. as you yeah. into yeah. who you, you already are, yeah. you know, and who God wants you to be. So how would you define like end of the year success? You're done with this internship in uh, Vicarage in 12 months. You head back to seminary and you look back, you're like, that was no, not good. Or <laughs> that was awesome. And this is how I, I succeeded. What would yeah. uh, success well, ho- look Hopefully like? there's a little bit of a theme here. Uh, that would be a good, right? Kind of see where you can grow and then you measure success by checking that growth out Love at it. the end of the time. Where do you want to grow? Uh, so in, in that assertiveness, in that confidence. And I think that looks like learning to take appropriate risks. Sure. Um, and instead of listening to that voice, it's like, well, can you really? Or is that going to work out? It's say, all right, Holy Spirit, let's go. Let's do this. I know you've got me. Jesus is already in this. Let's let's see if, if he's at work here. Yeah. Uh, and so doing something like that, taking appropriate risks. Yeah, and this is a, a place where failure is not fatal. Yeah. And you can discover and develop these different things and, and try again and try new things. Yeah, it, it was a joy to get to hang out with Emily and your mm-hmm. son, seven-month-old Torin. Yeah. Super sweet dude. Had fun holding him. So tell us a little bit of Emily's story. Introduce us uh, Sure, to her. yeah. So Emily's uh, grown up in Minnesota. Uh, she graduated college from Iowa State University. It's kind of teacher, uh, elementary education background. She'll actually be helping out in a kindergarten classroom this year at, at Christ Greenfield School. Uh, so super excited about yeah. that, to have her on campus as part of the the work of ministry and, and raising up young people here. Um, something else that I love about Emily is that, that she doesn't give a half effort uh, to anything. Hard worker. Hard worker, dedicated worker. She gives gives her heart to everything. And so uh, I just love seeing that. It inspires me. Um, and kind of with that, she's always been one to, to bring the best out of me, something that I've, I've just cherished about uh, our love and our relationship in, in our marriage is that uh, she, she's able to to get me to rise to the top uh, when maybe I'm feeling like ah this is good enough or something like that. So good. Uh, she's she's all about adventure and fun. We've been able to to move a lot because of the seminary experience, <laughs> and so she's always willing to kind of get boots on the ground. Let's go check out this new place. Where can we we kind of move and be and, and hang out in this new space? That's awesome. So you were in seminary for two years, and then now you're on this internship, Vicarage, and then you have one more year. What was your favorite class at seminary? You took a lot of classes. Some were probably not so exciting. And uh, what was your favorite? My favorite, it'd have to be the preaching classes, the homiletic classes. Just the, first of all, the faculty is amazing. Uh, To be able to to kind of sit at the feet of these leaders and learn from them is a a true gift. But the preaching classes... um, Kind of as we talked about, preaching is a main thing that a pastor does. And so to finally kind of get into the practice of writing sermons and and giving sermons and hearing other people preach and watching them grow in their ability to write and preach is is a fun time. It's there's no other way to put it. It's fun to to share the good news of Jesus. You love Jesus? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so <laughs> what's your favorite did story? Did I pass Vicarage now? You, well, <laughs> we're on the way, baby. That's a starting point. Uh, so, yeah, tell us your favorite story of Jesus minus the cross and empty tomb. Pretty sure. epic there. Sure. So yeah. one one story. Yeah. Uh, I always come back to a story that uh, I prefer the, the story that Mark gives in, in Mark chapter 2. This, this account is given in a couple of the other Gospels, but... The Mark story is so vivid and so real. 
Uh, Jesus has come home to Capernaum, and I think he's trying to get some rest. He's just come come out of the wilderness where people were, were chasing after him to be healed and to be touched and to be loved by Jesus. So he's come back for a time of rest, and, and people are just storming his house. They hear he's home, and they're just like, boom, they're there. They're in his doorway. They're, they're peeking their heads through the door. You can't get in. And uh, there's a guy and his friends. This guy's he's paralyzed. He can't move. And they climb onto Jesus' roof, and they're and they're taking apart the roof so they can, you know, drop this guy in right right above Jesus. And and Jesus, Jesus forgives the man. And and there's some people there that think he he shouldn't be able to do that. He doesn't have the authority. And so Jesus says, "Get up and walk." And the guy walks out of the house, healed, loved, forgiven, and and probably. Uh, on fire for for sharing this good news. And as you, you did a great job summarizing that story, right? I love, I and mean, you love. I mean, how yeah. you lit up when you were sharing <laughs> that yeah. story. That's Why right. it's about Jesus? It's about hope. It's uh, anticipation of a miracle happening, yeah. and uh, truly interacting with Jesus. And so. We can't wait for your first sermon coming up, actually in um, a couple of weeks, depending on when you when you might watch this. Uh, is there anything that Christ Greenfield, the body of Christ, maybe even listeners that are throughout the country that want to help love on a vicar that they could do to make your um, vicarage year really impactful? What could we do? Totally, to totally. I, I hope you've been praying for us. Uh, and, and if you haven't, I encourage you to start that uh, and, and to continue to do so, not only for me, but but all the interns out there. It's kind of a strange time. I've got friends that, that haven't started Vicarage yet that we're supposed to. Uh, some guys have been in it over a month, and, and so for now, uh, pray for us. Pray that, that Jesus continue to shape us as leaders, to grow us into the, the type of pastor that Jesus wants us to be. Uh, pray for my family as we get settled here. Uh, and we'd love to meet you. We'd love to meet you uh, as you come to campus and worship at, when those times are available. We'd love to meet you in small group situations, uh, whether it's small groups CG cares opportunities, whatever it may be, uh, and if you're you're open to hanging out for coffee or having dinner, doing something social, we're game for that. We'd love to meet you at your favorite spot and and have a good time. I so, love that's so good. That's I awesome. love the first conversation that I get to have with all vicars now. I think, gosh, including you, Jake, probably thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I should go down the whole list over the last handful of years, but. Um, the first meeting is all about let's pack the vicar's calendar. So that's the challenge to you. Pack the vicar's calendar within reason. Obviously, sure. you take your day off, spend time with family, and et cetera. But just invite him over. If you're comfortable, invite him over, take him out for coffee. Uh, that would be such a joy because it's not about us just forming vicars, uh, interns. It's about the body of Christ shaping future leaders. Yeah. And uh, you're a gift, Thomas, for real. And just want to say that he's already impacted our lives um, with the conversation we had yesterday with a, oh, yeah. a pastor, Come Al on. Deering, yep. that um, you connected with. So tell us about the connection, then we'll kind of- That's a cool story to close with. If yeah. you want to yeah, share sure, the sure. story, that'd so, be great. So Emily was actually teaching down in North Houston. She was teaching middle school math looking for a place to, to join a congregation, to have a, a worship life. And so she attended Christ the King Lutheran Church in Kingwood, Texas. And I would go down and visit periodically. And, and if I was there on a Sunday, we'd go and worship there together. And Al was um, just a loving guy. He's very uh, aware. He's paying attention. He's noticing those that are new. And so he would he always greeted Emily. He, he would greet me when I was there. And that, that relationship just continued to kind of grow. And I've always had their, their love and support now as I've journeyed through seminary. And last summer, I had the opportunity to visit Al and um, 
their group of churches there called the Harvest Partnership as they seek to multiply disciples and, and build churches. And just was really feeling a, a sense of unity between their mission and, and the mission at Christ Greenfield. Uh, when I was placed as a vicar here, Al reached out to me. He said, hey, I was a vicar out of Peace and Chandler, or Epiphany, Epiphany and Chandler, Epiphany and Chandler uh, in 80, 81. Uh, he was a second vicar out of, out of that church. And he was present for the, the chartering and, and founding of Christ Greenfield Lutheran Church. Uh, just an incredible opportunity to share that story with you guys. And, and then for you guys to talk about what, what Christ Greenfield is doing to, to multiply disciples, yeah, to expand the kingdom, uh, and maybe a sense of partnership moving forward even. Yeah, so God's at work, and you were open to that and sensing that, and there will be partnership. But Al said that he was in the room when Christ Greenfield got chartered. He was a vicar, and uh, <laughs> it was called Greenfield Lutheran, Lutheran Church. Church. We were worshiping back in 1982 at Greenfield Elementary or Junior High, I think it was elementary. And um, before we then moved into Falconer Funeral Home, we had called Kevin Wiesman to be our first pastor. Right before. Pastor and right Wiesman, before no. that, we were like, at the final hours of chartering the the church, they were like, I, I think we could do better than Greenfield Lutheran Church. And so the vicar. The vicar oh. was like, you know what? I think we should put Christ in front of Greenfield. Christ. Christ. Greenfield, and then a couple minutes later, said we should put an apostrophe S there. Christ Greenfield, it's his Greenfields. And then they went to lunch, and he told us, "I'm sure you dropped that apostrophe S a long time ago because I thought it would only last for a little bit." (laughs) He said, "He said I don't think it was a great idea." He goes for a while. I said, "Oh, can we just kind of let the apostrophe S stick?" I know Jesus still possesses us, and I know there was a lot of emotion around dropping of the S, but it does actually help people find us today. And so I said that S hung on, Al, for like 30, 35 years, something like that, man, <laughs> a long, long time. Uh, we are proud to be owned by Christ Amen. and proud to have on the shoulders of those who have gone before, Vicar Al, all the way to Vicar Thomas, right. have a culture of interns, always remain an intern. That means you are looking to replicate yourself, discover, develop, and deploy, just like Jesus' future leaders, and you always have a humble learning posture. SRS, to close, SRS. Here's three things you can do to help with lead time. One is subscribe. Wherever you're listening to us, subscribe. Two, can you review, write up hopefully a positive review. This helps get the word out. And then three, share it with a friend today that needs to be encouraged in their journey with Jesus. SRS. I'm going to change my title. Intern. See you later. (laughs) Peace. Peace. Later. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org slash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Friday for another episode.